So Clint and I are in the remote boots, we'll call them, our, our uh, individual uh, self-distancing boots today. Uh, I'm at my house, Clint's at his house. So again, we're uh, still dedicated to doing podcasts. We think it's important and uh, we hope that uh, people find value in listening to it. So this, this will continue as long as um, the social distancing continues. Uh, but we'll Hannah's, uh, being that Hannah is such an audiophile as well. Uh, she, she's upset that we don't have like this nice USB mic set and that she can edit into something just with wonderful crystal clear audio quality. So, you know, sorry guys, sorry. <laughs> there, there is a little bit of, uh, of, of, uh, you know, longing for, for better quality, um, you know, from our, uh, feature editor of the podcast and we get it. <laughs> we understand it's not as good as, as the studio that she, that Hannah built. That's what I think we're going to call it that from now on. It's just going to be the studio that the studio that Hannah built. But um, and, and you know we, we we joke about it. But we take it serious. I mean you know the quality of these productions are are very important to us. But um, as we're going to talk about today, you know uh, adaptation and the ability to uh, um, you know still operate in different surroundings and different settings is is uber important to how we run the business. And so this is how we're doing it now. And so we ask your uh, understanding that maybe the quality isn't exactly where it should be. But on that note, we uh, will get into our topic here. So Clint and I were discussing the um, some of the things that we've learned from the coronavirus, and I'll call it the coronavirus uh, adjustments that we've all had to make. And I think it behooves us in life to uh, look at different scenarios, both good and bad, and look back on them and reflect on them and, and figure out what have we learned so far and what may we still learn as this unfolds. This is uh, by no means saying that, you know, this ugliness is over and, and now we're reflecting back on, on what we've learned. This is saying kind of midstream, uh, you know, what have we learned to this point? And I, I think for me, if I think about it critically, uh, one thing I've learned is, you know, life doesn't always just throw us fastballs down the middle. Um, you know, the, we, we get, we get, uh, we get curveballs, we get sliders, uh, forgive the baseball analogy, but you know, Clint and I are longing for baseball right now, but um, it, it, it doesn't always just throw us the, the easiest pitches. It's not just batting practice. And so we, for me, the ability to look at life and say, okay, from time to time, it gets tough. From time to time, we have to take different paths to get where we need to go. We have to think about things differently. We have to do things differently. And can we still function uh, at a high level, not only in our business, but, but in our family and in our relationships? Um, and that's one thing that, that, again, maybe not a lesson learned, but just something that, that I've reflected on and um, will continue to, to use this as a um, you know, good way to be able to kind of test out our ability to adapt. Yeah, that's a good one. Man, there's so many right now that I can think of, both financial and non-financial. You start out non-financial, so I guess I will as well. I mean, I think that when you reflect on something that really has been pretty short-term in nature, like our lives have really been impacted a lot in the last month. And when you actually look back, you should take this, everyone should take a second and look back in your calendar over the last month and 
reflect back on when this all kind of started and when your life actually got upended by this thing? It was like a month ago. And it seems like an eternity that this thing has been going on. And so uh, for me, I think it's, you get so, you put your head down and you get so worked up about your, this situation because it's different. And all of us are routine people. So I think that's the important part about it is that when you get knocked off your routine, it is really jarring and it has a huge impact on people. And, you know, it's a possibility that in another month we could be starting to go back to work and it will be a two month, you know, huge disruption to everything. But in, in the short term time frame of our lives and in the next decade and everything, it will be kind of a blip. So for me, starting out on a non-financial thing, I would say that that's the biggest thing that me that stuck out has been just the huge sea change and, and I guess looking at what time is um, and putting it all into perspective that way. Yeah, that's a great one to call out the idea of go back and look at your calendar, you know, four weeks ago or five weeks ago, and um, both work and personal and just and just reflect on how fast and um, kind of hectic uh, all of our lives are. And then you look now and it's not that they're not still hectic. They're just hectic in somewhat different ways. Um, but I think everybody would agree that this has forced us to slow down. Uh, at least in some ways. And, and I think that's a great, it's a great thing when life forces us to do that once in a while, because it's so easy to lose the concept of, you know, a second or a minute or an hour because everything is moving in, you know, what are we doing tomorrow? What are we doing next week? What are we doing next month? That when you are forced to just slow down and actually understand um, that, we don't all have to move at, at, you know, neck break speed to enjoy life or to have fulfilling lives. Uh, it, it's just, it's an interesting reflection. So I think that that's a great call out to, to use something very tangible, like our personal calendars, which we take um, such great pride in, in, in the efficiencies of them. And it's connected to our laptop and our phone and it's connected to our watch and everywhere else. I and mean, it's interesting now to kind of slow all that down and realize that, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to live your life that way. And I'm not saying that we're going to go back to, um, you know, before all of those things were automated for us, but I think it is a good, a good call out that, uh, it doesn't always have to be like that every day. So the next one that I will call out is, uh, and this is more financial based, but, uh, the importance of an emergency fund. Um, I think we, we, we've been taught and trained and rightly so as advisors, um, that that is the first step of every uh, financial plan. That's the first step of every um, somewhat interaction with with a new prospective client is where we're at on the emergency fund because you know we're taught that you know there's rainy days and when there's a rainy day you got to make sure that you have money to be able to protect yourself. And um, you talk about something that became crystal crystal clear um, in an incredibly short period of time, as you said. You know we went from kind of one week to the next week to the next week. And all of a sudden it was our world, our lives are all different. And if you didn't have that emergency fund and maybe for the people that, that um, maybe didn't put as much um, value on that, you can really see the value of that now, uh, especially people having to file for unemployment and having their normal income disrupted to um, about as far as you can disrupt it. The, the value of an, of, of an emergency fund in a time like this uh, cannot be, uh, cannot be overstated. 
That's exactly right. I mean, oh man, you know, people that have not had emergency funds and businesses too that have not had emergency funds that kind of cut it a little too close to the bone. Obviously, that's been a huge. It's had a huge impact on those businesses and, and people that that just didn't have that. And then they're trying to figure out where to get it from and how efficiently. And then looking at the government to potentially bail them out, and it might not. The money might not come uh, for months in some cases. So. You know, to depend on somebody else is, is difficult. You have to really depend on yourself and uh, and have that. For me, I think one of the big things that uh, I think investors have been uh, shocked into seeing is that diversification actually works. Uh, you know, for a while there, it didn't really work. It didn't really matter to people. People, you're like, hey, you know, you had this U.S. stock and this non-U.S. stock and these bonds and they all have certain goals, and sometimes we would put in real estate or commodities or natural resources, and all these things are together, and, and all of them are going to have a bearing on portfolio returns. And you know, not everything goes up at the same time. And and as the bull market went on, it seemed like people just wanted stock, people wanted to take risks because they saw that the market was going up. Uh, and you know, all of a sudden, when we have shocks like this, diversification works, and you know, your bonds actually held the line quite well during this period of time and the stocks have been really volatile and, um, you know, it's been a, a painful hit. And I think people have to refocus on, you know, what an actual bear market is again. And, and we hit that and, you know, I don't know whether we get out of the bear market fully in uh, three months or whether it's three years. I have no idea. But, you know, in this situation, uh, it sure pays to diversify right now because you could be looking at statements that might not be as painful as if you were so so attached to U.S. stocks, which a lot of people are. Well, and, and to add on to that point, I think that it's it's um, important to kind of describe or to kind of just talk through a little bit. When we say diversification worked, I think the misconception there is, uh, well, it didn't work because I still lost money. You say, well, that's that's not really the the purpose or the point of diversification. So diversification does not mean or a diversified portfolio will not make money in any market. That, that's not where that uh, concept comes from. That concept comes from the idea that if we diversify and we have our money in different asset classes, then we, and, and, and it works out the way that diversification is supposed to work, then we will not lose as much by way of value or, or rate of return as we would have had we not diversified. Okay, so that that is the definition of diversification, quote, working, um, is we lose less money than we would have um, in the times that diversification didn't work. And so I, it, it is very difficult for people to wrap their head around the fact that losing 10 or 15 or 20% of their investment assets is diversification. Or, or is diversification working? But it actually is. I mean, that's what that actually means. That's exactly right. I'm trying to think of other, um, you know, financial things that we've been taught during this time. I think that I think one thing too, the stock market is volatile, um, and the stock market does uh, it doesn't repeat itself, but it definitely rhymes. So certain things that start off these downturns and these downturns can happen very quickly you know we saw it just in front of our eyes all of a sudden the stock market has melted down so fast um just a matter of like 
you know, a couple of weeks and all of a sudden it was just decimated. And so, you know, those sorts of things, I think we need to understand that, you know, uh, oftentimes the stock market is, is placid. It's, you just look out there, you look at that nice, that nice, uh, body of water that is so calm and there's no ripples on it. And then all of a sudden a second later, you can just have a wave that just comes over you. And that's just the stock market. Um, so you know, just because it looks the way doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way always. And we saw that uh, right in front of our eyes recently. Exactly. Uh, let me go a, a slight side note here. And this is really going to bother Hannah. Uh, my headphones just died uh, because we are, you know, working in a live environment here and my headphones just uh, uh, needed some battery life. And and so I had to, I had to switch to computer audio. So for all those listening and hearing a different a different, probably less quality audio out of me. I apologize. And Hannah, I apologize as well. Can you stick in it? Can everybody still hear me? Is this still? Everyone can hear you, dude. You're fine. I heard the beep in my headphones and was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) 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 Um, So the the last one that I had uh, that I wanted to to kind of talk through is, is, uh, and again, just, I don't even know what the correct title of this podcast is, whether it's things we learn from it or things we reflect on or whether it's um, kind of lessons. I mean, it's, it's all of those things and more. Um, but for me, um, my reflection on it is looking at the other generation, you know, if you, if you have kids or if you look at your parents or if you look at, you know, um, other elderly people or, or young people that you know, and, and just seeing how they've reacted to this, um, because obviously every generation tends to have a little bit different skill set that we just kind of come come with, right? So um, Generation X, Clint's Generation X as well. So, you know, we were somewhat uh, born into computers, but not really. I mean, we, you know, computers kind of really started to, to be a thing in, when we were in college. And so we have, you know, technical knowledge, but not to the level of our kids where they're just, it's inherent to them. And conversely, you know, our parents that, that, you know, that technology came much later in their lives to look around and see how the different generations have adapted to uh, these changes. has just really been fascinating to me. Um, and for many different ways, um, I, I applaud the the people that are in their, you know, fifties and sixties and seventies, because um, this is a massive change in regard to just living daily life and not being able to do the normal things that they do on a daily basis um, and, and having to adapt really, really quickly uh, to, a, to a completely different landscape. Uh, I think the younger generation, they're used to adapting fast or life changes fast, technology changes fast for them. So I think that it's, it's different. But even to them, the ability to school from home and get up and running on that and not really miss that much of a beat. I mean, it's just, I don't know, for me, that's just a, it's a cool reflection to look both directions and see people older than us and people younger than us all adapting to this and, and, and doing well. I mean, that that's, I would not have guessed that if somebody would have painted this picture for me a month ago and said, here's what the next month is going to look like. I would have had a pretty uh, uh, hesitant look at it to say, oh boy, this is not going to be good. I think that I was, I've been most surprised by the fact that I think people have largely complied with a lot of the orders and everything. And I think they have, there's a lot of appreciation there for, um, I think people that have been historically underappreciated as well, uh, teachers 
and everybody that works in hospitals, nurses and doctors, and all those people that are saving lives right now. You know, we've gotten reframed, I think, a bit as a country into kind of new heroes. And I think, you know, we, when we talk about things that will forever be changed when we write the book on COVID-19, I think this is going to be one of the, the big things out of here is this sort of spotlight on them. So much like after 9-11, we had firefighters and police officers that were lifted up and really appreciated in our society. And now I think it's going to be um, teachers and medical workers and actually um, also uh, people that work in food service, uh, you know, people that work for the grocery stores and all the restaurants that are feeding us. I mean, you know, you talk about things that could happen. If the grocery stores didn't have any employees that wanted to go work and they had to shut grocery stores down, I mean, think where we'd be right now. So there's there's these people in there that historically have been underappreciated. And uh, I think that that is going to be one of the big things we see from this. You know, I, I'm still I'm still struggling to see whether or not it's going to have lasting really long-term effects or not uh, because you see a lot of articles oh after covid we're going to see all these things change i'm skeptical of that but i do think that there's going to be some things that 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 are brought to light and uh that are definitely going to be changes that um that we're going to see that that implement that will be implemented and, and will last a long time i think you're exactly right i mean think of the the truck drivers and the farmers and the people that are are making those grocery stores function, right? I mean, I think that's an easy one to kind of lose sight of too is, I mean, that store does not stay stocked if that semi does not roll in at, you know, 10 o'clock at night loaded to the gills and the, you know, the, the dock workers to get all that, you know, freight off the truck and get it stocked. And I mean, it's just, so many people pulling together in the right direction just to be able to keep a country fed. It's it's really, um, as you said, as much as it is painful to not have sports on every weekend, um, the hero uh, title label, uh, you know, often gets gets put on the people that wear jerseys on, you know, the weekends and and uh, you know the the weeknights during during the summer. I, I I don't know. I mean, I I think there's a there's there's a hero label that needs to get put on a heck of a lot more people that uh, that are doing far far more dangerous and, and valuable things to society, and that's um, you know the people that we just named, along with you know ten fifteen different vocations that we didn't name at the same time, and so um, you know I think I think during these times it's good to take a step back. It's good to reflect. It's good to just see how it affects you and, and take some time to think about, you know, how is this affecting me and both good, bad, and indifferent. I mean, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to be frustrated. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be happy during these times. It's okay to be whatever emotion you are. Um, but I think just taking a step back and understanding that you're having that emotion, uh, there's a lot of value just in that, um, you know, in and of itself. So we wanted to take this time today to, to, uh, call that out and, and maybe you can do some reflection as well. And if you have thoughts on it and you want to comment or you want to email us or say, Hey, I thought about this. or this has kind of struck me interesting. Um, you know, we'll try to share those thoughts that people have uh, as well. If we get comments after the, uh, the podcast. Yeah.
sky That's the masses of silence Look on dead in the eye Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner, Nate Condon, Jonathan Jordan, and Mitch DeWitt are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Guests on the podcast are not registered, and their participation in the podcast are limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments that guests make should be construed as giving investment advice. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizon. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Walkner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see walknercondon.com for additional disclosures.